As Jesus' time on earth was growing short, he was intent on alerting people that their time is short. We need that reminder because we sometimes live as if the future is promised to us. It isn't. The key truth is that now is the time to believe in him. And now is the time for those who do believe in him to openly confess him and follow him. This is the Wisdom Journey. Stephen continues through the Bible with this lesson he's called, The Only Way to Live. Well, as we track along with the Lord on this final week of his ministry, we're still at Monday. Jesus is still in Jerusalem. And we're now in John chapter 12. And as the crucifixion draws ever nearer, the Lord is going to be speaking openly about it and and what it means for the whole world. In fact, we're told here in verse 20 that some Greeks showed up. They wanted to see Jesus. These are Gentiles who have adopted Judaism to some degree, and they're worshiping Israel's God. Philip and and Andrew tell Jesus that these men want to meet with him. Now, the text doesn't tell us if Jesus actually meets with them, though we can probably assume that he did. What he says here in verse 23 is more than likely spoken in their presence. Jesus says here, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus' death is going to be like a seed planted in the ground that grows and bears much fruit. And a lot of that fruit, beloved, happens to be Gentile believers, just like these fellows that have come to see him. Gentile believers from all around the world. Now, Jesus goes on to say here in verse 25, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, the Lord has already stated this principle in the gospel accounts. This is, this is really the only way to live. You truly begin to live when you die to self. And when you die to yourself, you find a life worth living. Now, you might notice that Jesus keeps referring here to whoever and anyone. In other words, the gospel invitation is open to whoever believes. The King James Version says in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, whoever will Let him take the water of life freely. I like the way D.L. Moody used to put it when he preached back in the 1800s. He would say something like, there are only two kinds of people in the world today, the whosoever wills and the whosoever won'ts. Well, which one are you today, my friend? Well, Jesus admits now here in verse 27 that his soul is, is troubled or agitated over what's immediately ahead of him. But even still, his prayer isn't, you know, Father, get me out of this. But Father, glorify your name. This was the purpose for coming into the world, to glorify his Father, to honor his Father, to honor this great plan of salvation. And and all of a sudden, Jesus' desire to see his Father glorified is given this surprising, at least to the disciples, 
the surprising divine approval here in verse 28. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard this said it it had thundered, and others said an angel has spoken to him, verse 29. Now imagine hearing a voice thundering from heaven. This is, by the way, the same voice that had thundered three years earlier. This is my beloved son with whom I am, I am well pleased, Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. This is the voice of God the Father who affirms the Lord Jesus as deity, as a representative of the Godhead, fully God, completely God, and completely man. What Jesus then says to this rather stunned crowd here in verse 31 Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. In other words, Jesus is ahead of time proclaiming victory over Satan through his own coming death and resurrection. But even more than that, the Lord says here in verse 32, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. John adds in verse 33 that Jesus is indicating what kind of death he was going to die. He's going to be lifted up, that is, on a cross. Now, this lifting up will draw all people to him. This doesn't mean that everybody is going to be saved. After all, Jesus already uh, said that, that there's going to be judgment for the unbeliever. What Jesus means here is that his death will be an invitation for all the world to believe. And, beloved, the cross is, in fact, a, a lighthouse, and its, its beacon will eventually reach around the world. Even as the clock ticks down toward his crucifixion, Jesus is focused on his mission, and his mission is to seek and to save those who are lost. Now, with that, uh, John's gospel account makes two observations. First, John writes here in verse 37, though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. Now, you might think that, you know, raising somebody from the dead or giving a blind person sight, and now hearing this thundering voice from heaven, well, everybody would believe. But if you can imagine it, the general response here is unbelief. John observes that. He points out in the following verses that their unbelief is in fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah, that their eyes are blind and their hardened hearts will not believe. Well, the second observation John makes is recorded here in verse 42. Nevertheless, many of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. How tragic is this? How tragic is it that people know Jesus is God the Son, and they're going to keep quiet about it so they won't face mockery and opposition? Well, let me tell you, that sounds like a lot of so-called Christians I know today. They say they believe in, in Christ, but they're, they're secret agents, I guess you call them. They're, they're silent believers. They're going to keep their belief in Christ a secret, and that's tragic. 
I remember attending a funeral some time ago and talking there to an older Christian uh, I knew pretty well, faithful to his church. Uh, His wife was a regular soloist. Their children were outstanding young people. Well, this man had carpooled for decades with the man who just died. I I asked him how the deceased man had responded to the gospel that he would have shared with him over these years of carpooling. And to my surprise, he hung his head and he said, you know, I, I never once brought up the Lord. I, I never even told him I was a Christian. I never invited him to church. And, and, and I sure regret that now. Well, let me tell you, here in John chapter 12, the unbelievers are vocal. The believers are silent. Jesus uh, certainly could use some support right about now, but the pressure of the culture keeps these people silent and secret about their belief in Christ. So what we have in the remaining verses of John chapter 12, then, is a summary of Jesus' invitation to believe in him. He, He cries out to the crowd here in verse 46, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness You know, it occurs to me that that these words from Jesus just might be the last words these people will ever hear from the Lord. This is the last invitation they will ever receive from him. Beloved, let's, let's live our lives openly and courageously as followers of Christ. Let's join Jesus in his mission to invite uh, the whosoever wills to trust in him for salvation and everlasting life while there's still time. At a missions conference in South Carolina, a college-aged woman testified that she decided to openly live out her commitment to Jesus Christ. And she held up a piece of paper, a sheet of paper, and it was blank. It only had her signature written down at the bottom. And she said, this piece of paper is God's plan for my life. I don't know what he's going to write on it, but I've already signed my name to it. I've accepted his will without knowing what it is, and I'm going to trust him as he fills in all the details. Let me tell you something. That's the only way to really live. Well, until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Stephen called this lesson the only way to live, and I hope it encouraged you today. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to install the Wisdom International app to your phone or tablet. Once you do, you can take this Bible teaching ministry wherever you go. You can follow along on both this Wisdom Journey and Stephen's other daily program, Wisdom for the Heart. You can access the library of Stephen's 37 years of Bible teaching. All of his sermons are available on that app, and you can listen to each one or read Stephen's manuscript. You can read our daily devotional. Follow our year-long Bible reading plan and much more. Simply go to the App Store for your device and search for Wisdom International. 
We're in the iTunes and the Google Play stores. Join us next time on this wisdom journey.